We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Trochi. Keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and submit a brief review. That would be very helpful for us. Week 12 is here, Bill. The, Bill, the finish line is in sight. What do you think? Well, I mean, obviously, we, we had a good talk on the ranking show last night, and, and we're going to see with some of these games this week if anybody's going to alter the script, so to speak. Um, you know, we got the nine teams with one loss or less, and, and a lot of these games are on here. And, you know, we all think, in my experience with this, we all think we have it figured out, and here's what the last – part of the test looks like I know most of the answers most of the time because it's the same old teams but we'll see who blinks and I think that's kind of the theme of the week for some of these games yeah I think there's we talked about it last night there's three mega matchups left at least based on the current rankings from last night we got Alabama Georgia in the SEC championship it's looking like Washington Oregon in the Pac-12 championship and then of course Ohio State Michigan next week so none of the three mega matchups this week. Still some important games, needless to say, and a chance for some of those teams that we're talking about maybe to trip up. Texas is on the road. They're in that top eight. Washington's on the road. They're on that top eight. So um, definitely a fun week, and uh, we can get right to it. We'll give everybody a viewer's guide, but first let's kick it off with a little Trochi trivia. Pretty basic, straightforward one this week. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Who leads the nation in receiving touchdowns? Think about that, and we will get the answer at the end of the show. It is the Power Five guy. Who leads the nation in receiving touchdowns this year? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's go to the viewer's guide. So noon window for week 12 on Saturday. Uh, We're kicking it off on ABC. Number 10, Louisville, another one of those teams that we're talking about. Uh, They're on the road at Miami. Louisville is a one-point favorite. Speaking of the road, this is the only the third road game for Louisville this season. Right. Uh, First one was a 13-10 win at NC State, where they won on a 53-yard field goal in the fourth quarter. The other was a 17-point loss to Pitt. So Louisville's 9-1 record, maybe a little asterisk there. They had a neutral site win. Uh, in Atlanta against Georgia Tech to start the season. Uh, on the Miami side, they benched Tyler Van Dyke last week, but they're going to have to go back to him after Emory Williams got hurt late against Florida State. Uh, TVD, five TDs, 11 interceptions in his last five games. Not great. And uh, the update on the Mario Cristobal record, he's 11-11 in his two seasons at Miami so far. Yeah, it, you know, for Louisville – Again, they're they're up against Miami. They're trying to stay in the mix. They got disrespected by the committee last night because they put Missouri over them. I don't think people really they may think of them as maybe an inflated nine and one. Um, How are they disrespected? You think they should be higher than somebody? They should be higher than Mizzou. That oh. Mizzou has two losses. So mm. I mean, you got to put them in the top nine. So a minor disrespect, I suppose, but. I, you know, this is a tough one because Miami has four and five star guys. Miami's pretty good against the run. Uh, Louisville can stop the run too. So you're looking at two of the best ACC run defenses. And so that puts a little heat on Plummer on the road. I've, I've watched, you know, Pitt go down to Miami and have like a playoff run die and, and teams like that. So it, it really depends on Miami with Van Dyke quarterback play, the, the motivation. Early kick, though, I think Louisville finds a way. I do too. I think, you know, Miami showed out decent against Florida State. They had the ball down seven late. Can't ask for much more than that. They were probably, I don't remember what the spread was, at least close to two touchdowns, I would imagine, uh, last week. So they, you know, they put up a good fight. But, you know, having to go back to Van Dyke, whatever it is, his confidence seems to be seems to be down. He's throwing a lot of interceptions and then, of course, got benched for a freshman. So, It'll be interesting to see what his mindset is this week. Uh, another noon game we're going to look at is number three, Michigan at Maryland. Another one of these teams that we're talking about on the road against a decent team. It's noon on Fox, but Michigan is a 19 and a half point favorite. Uh, Michigan has had no trouble at Maryland. As you know, uh, they've won seven in a row in the series overall. They've never won by fewer than 25 points at Maryland. Uh Maryland lost by only one touchdown last year at Michigan, but it was a two-score game, and Maryland scored with 30 seconds left. So 
wasn't like a situation where they had a chance to tie or anything. Um, Harbaugh presumably finds out Friday if he will be on the <laughs> sideline again, going down to the wire, but he's coaching during the week and he seems very relaxed. I thought it was a kind of a, a funny press conference on Monday and he seems almost amused by the whole thing. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I've talked about this a little bit on, on a lot of shows this week where, you know, the Michigan is a victim thing has made its rounds with national media and sportscasters and the, the collective eye roll and, and reminding them that they, they made their own problem here, which is all true. They're not a victim. They, they made their own problem. But if you don't think a, coaches can rally kids around that, I mean, everybody does that. The, nobody believes in us. We're the underdog. Michigan versus everybody. And I think they're going to lay it to Maryland on Saturday, regardless of who's on the sideline. And, and I know Maryland has caught Ohio State and Michigan in this moment, maybe not Michigan, Ohio State in this moment when they go out to College Park and had a close game in this. So Maryland can let the kitchen sink out. I think Michigan's going to put it on them, though. I, I do. I think they're going to – they have the earlier game – they get through this. Remember last year, Illinois gave them a scare of the week before the game when Corum got hurt. But I, I, regardless of whether it's Jim Harbaugh, Sharon Moore, Mike Hart, uh, Jack Harbaugh, I, it doesn't matter. They're, I think they're going to take care of business here. I think it's, I think it's keeping their attention more so than looking ahead to Ohio State. Is that fair to say that the controversy and having to answer questions and, like you said, wearing the T-shirts and everything like that? I would think they would be locked in anyway, but clearly this is a letdown look ahead type of spot for Michigan. But I agree. I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't know that Harbaugh might be the only one that's not playing the victim card. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, I, I do. And again, I've had some text conversations with buddies who are huge Buckeye fans and we've talked through this whole thing. And I, and I said, uh, no, on my view, it's, they didn't prove anything. We may know that it looks how it looks, right? But when the Big Ten said we haven't know it, we don't have anything to link it to Harbaugh. And if you think he's ever going to admit to wrongdoing at this point, that's never going to happen. No. There, there's zero chance. He'll talk about chickens for two hours before he admits to doing anything wrong. And that's going to add to next week. But I, I again, like you said, potential letdown emotionally, but I think we see a little more J.J. McCarthy throwing the football. I think Roman Wilson is a factor in this game. He didn't have a catch last week. And that defense, which Brian Driscoll says is not better than Penn State and Ohio State, he's wrong. It's every bit as good as those units, especially on the interior, and I think that's where it makes a difference. I think I know the answer to this question, but are you hoping Harbaugh is on the sideline Saturday? I, I don't care about this week. I, I, I think next week's the big question, and – We'll see on Friday. I'm sure there are going to be fireworks on Friday with the hearing and, and the fallout from that. But I, I think, you know, if you have a court hearing, you got to be in College Park, Maryland. I have my doubts. I have my doubts that he's on the sideline Saturday. But that's you know, like somebody at Michigan could have a plane if he's cleared and the TRO is cleared. But I, I, everything I learned about law, I, I watched Law and Order. So I don't know as much <laughs> as the average person on that kind of stuff. You can never go wrong with Law and Order. That's I like Law and Order there. So, all right, afternoon window. Those are the two noon games. Keep an eye on afternoon window. We're going to go out to the Pac-12, number twenty-two Utah at number seventeen Arizona. 
2.30 on the Pac-12 network. Arizona is a one-point favorite. Give me some facts on Arizona. Arizona has won four straight, Bill. If they win this, this will be their longest winning streak since 2014 and their longest Pac-12 winning streak since 1998 when they went 7-1 and one in the league and they finished number four in the country. Uh, Noah Fafita continues to impress. Jed Fish, some coach of the year buzz maybe? I don't know. We'll have to have a meeting on that sporting news to talk about our coach of the year candidates, but he's got to get, he's, he's doing things like I said, that haven't been done possibly in 25 years at Arizona. So very, very impressive. They went from one and 11 to five and seven, now seven and three this year, one point favorite this weekend, Utah on the other side, they gave Washington all it wanted in Seattle last week before losing 35, 28 uh, Bryson Barnes, the, the pig farmer, right. From That's Utah. Right. He's improved throughout the year. Uh, he's capable of a mistake here and there. Tough game to call. Uh, Utah spent a lot of emotional energy, I would imagine, last week. So what are your thoughts on this one? Well, that 1998 Arizona team was nasty. I'm looking at it right now. They had guys like Trung Candidate and Chris McAllister and mm-hmm. uh, Dennis Northcutt. Those are some names. They they beat Nebraska in 1998, uh, won uh, the Holiday Bowl. So, um I think the ride stopped this year, though, uh, right this week. I, you know, I, I love Arizona, love watching them. They've been fun. But I think Utah has another they, – they've been good the week after a loss. Like Kyle Whittingham can keep his team's attention. I think they had a good showing at Washington despite the loss, and they're able to go out there. And, you know, Bryson Barnes, it, this is going to be a fun game. It's going to be a close game. I still think Utah's the better team. So in a coin flip – kind of scenario like that uh give me the the utes and uh you know you have to find that game on the pac-12 network yes i was gonna say notre dame fans who are listening notre dame fans are about to a lot of them are about to subscribe to the pac-12 network if they can find it apparently because next week's game at least brian driscoll told me fortuna announced that the Stanford Notre Dame game is going to be on the Pac-12, Pac-12 network. network yeah my buddies were texting about that last night they're not too thrilled that is pretty wild. That is really wild. So anyway, all right, another afternoon game, 3.30, CBS. We're going to go with the new number one team in the nation, although they've been number one in AP all year, Georgia. At number 18, Tennessee. Georgia is a 10.5-point favorite in this one. Tennessee was caught looking ahead for sure uh, against Missouri. They lost 36-7. Uh, the spread was like one point in that game, I think, with Missouri. So um, defense gave up 530 yards, which last year might not have been an issue with Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt. But this year's Tennessee scoring offense, they've gone from number one last year to number 36 in the country this year. So um, can't afford to get into a huge shootout like they could last year. Georgia on the third leg of this tough three-game stretch, Missouri, Ole Miss, and now Tennessee. They passed the first two tests. Uh, this one is on the road, however. Brock Bowers is back. Carson Beck looks really confident back there. And the defense is doing what Georgia defenses do, which is dominate. So can this tough road environment slow down the Bulldogs at all? Not if they don't turn the ball over. They have one turnover the last three weeks. Like you said, Carson Beck settled in. They're, they're, they're the, they have the best balance, like, right now that they've had all season between running the football and that power running game. Uh, Brock Bowers is back. He settled in last week. 
defense looks good even without Dumas Johnson. I mean, they're the most complete team. Like uh, when I watch Georgia and I watch Ohio State and I watch Michigan, and they're the three best teams in my opinion. I still think Georgia's a cut above right now. That could change. I mean, Ohio State isn't going to be scared of them if they see them. Michigan isn't. Tennessee won't be scared of them. I mean, they they saw them last year, but I think even at home, unless Georgia has two or three turnovers in the first half and it feeds into that crowd, Joe Milton looks good. Um, I, I I just see more Georgia. I mean, the last couple meetings, 19 points per game, and that's about what I think it's going to be, like 38 to 20. Yeah, Georgia's just been building towards this part of the season, you know, and they knew that they had some, you know, easy game. They've been a solid favorite the whole season. And then this, you know, I think Missouri was going to be tougher than expected when we thought at the beginning of the season. Ole Miss, same thing. They knew the Tennessee game was going to be tough. So they knew they were going to be attested toward the end of the season. It's a good thing Brock Bowers got back. It's great to see him. He was out there. I mean, he was effective too. You know, it wasn't – they didn't bring him back too early. There was no reason to bring him back early, you know. So he was clearly healthy, and it's just good to see them at full strength as they get through this final push. And then uh, hopefully we will set up the mega matchup in Atlanta with Alabama and keep that Kirby Smart Nick Saban rivalry going that you nailed last the end of last year. You're like this thing isn't going anywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, looks like uh, we're gonna have the next chapter pretty soon. Yeah, it will. So, uh, but yeah, I like Georgia, and uh, you know, we'll see if we can get to that game and and Alabama. I know we talked about them a lot last week. We won't talk about them much today because they're playing Chattanooga, and I don't think they're <laughs> going to lose that game. But that's yeah, setting up. That's going to be a good one. That's the other huge game here in the next three weeks. Right, right. All right, three thirty ABC. Another fun one. UCLA at USC. USC is a six and a half point favorite. Neither team is ranked, of course. Uh, there have been a minimum of eighty points scored in each of the last four games of this series. So last year it was forty-eight, forty-five. USC uh, looked for lots of points. I think that's why ABC took this game instead of the the Pac-12 game with two ranked teams. This is two unranked teams, but. This one may be more entertaining as far as points are concerned. Uh, this could be Caleb Williams' final college game, right? Before going to be the number one pick in the draft. Um, you know, U.S. defense, USC's defense is overshadowing, to me, another unbelievable season by Caleb Williams. Like people are talking about USC's, you know, firing the defensive coordinator and how they're going downhill. This has nothing to do with. Caleb Williams. He's he's completing 68% of his passes, 29 touchdowns, four interceptions, 295 yards passing a game, 11 rushing touchdowns. He's accounted for 92 touchdowns in two years at, at USC. So, I mean, I just, I want to appreciate him and his USC two-year run um, in this game, especially if it's his last game and he skips the ball. Yeah, I mean, he's had a remarkable career. Might be Chip Kelly's last game, from what we're reading. Uh, the reports that he might be fired, or is he's, he's expected to be fired. And those, really, yeah, those those moved last night. So at least I think so. I hope so because I saw it on from on three. Wow. Um, so likely to be fired as head coach. That's wow. So I know he's your boy, but um, yeah, that's kind of a that was a little bit of a stunner. So. They may be looking for a new coach heading into Big Ten play. Um, best uniform game in the country right here between those two. Always. And should be a shootout as usual. So 
I mean, but between Caleb Williams' last game and Chip Kelly's last game, I would expect both teams to be emotionally invested if that's the case with Chip Kelly. Um, you know, who knows? They could win this game and they should be like, could be like, ah, we'll keep them around. Still a pretty good football coach. Oh, yeah. UCLA, UCLA is the best defense in the Pac 12 in yardage and scoring. So this will be a challenge for USC. Um, you know, they USC did not rise to the challenge in the second half of the season as the schedule got tougher and tougher. Uh, they have not been able to to pull off the victories. But again, you know, I, I still I have no doubts. People are doubting Caleb Williams a little bit. I, I still think he's gonna be once people get away from the emotion and just watch the stuff on film, I think he's gonna be the number one pick. I don't think there's gonna be much much question about that. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. All right, we'll go to the evening window. Number 21, Kansas State at number 25. Kansas, 7 o'clock, FS1. Kansas State, six-and-a-half-point favorite. Lance Leipold, he's done some nice things at Kansas, Bill. One thing he has not done, beat Kansas State. In fact, no Kansas coach has beaten Kansas State since. It's been a while. That's a Mark, long – Mark yeah. Mangino. <laughs> I know the streak is a, is it fourteen? It's something yes. like that. It's fourteen games, and you know, both of these teams run the football well. And I think it's on Kansas a little bit to kind of win this game, you know. And, and these are two solid coaches, two coaches that are going to get talked about in every Power Five opening. But I think both of them seem to be comfortable where they're at, which is really good news for the Jayhawks and Wildcats. So always a fun game. Um, ought to be a good one, and I think you know the team that basically stops the run a little bit better than the other one, forces the quarterback into some third and longs, is probably going to win the game. Yeah, Jason Bean is, they're optimistic he will play. He left the Texas Tech game, Kansas quarterback, left the Texas Tech game uh, with a head injury. He should be back. He's been terrific this year uh, in relief of uh, Jalen Daniels. They had to play with their third-string quarterback against Texas Tech, came up short. Um, K-State, they're thinking Big 12 title. Right, they're five and two, four-way tie for second right now. Uh, you know they, they they don't care about the rivalry; they care about getting a chance to defend their Big Twelve title. Will Howard, twelve touchdowns, one interception in his last four games. So I think Kansas State is justified in being a seven-point road favorite in that one, or a touchdown road favorite in that one. All right, another evening game: ABC number five, Washington at number eleven, Oregon State. Oregon State. The last I saw was a one-point favorite. I don't know if that's changed, but it's been hovering around plus one either side. Um, 
you know, Washington's 10 and 0. They've won 17 straight. Teams on 17 game winning streaks usually are not uh, underdogs or even to teams that have two losses. But that speaks to what I was talking about last night. Well, last year, Washington beat Oregon State 24 21. They had to drive 92 yards late in the fourth quarter to set up the game winning field goal at home. And now they're playing at Oregon State. Oregon State's 15 and 1 at home the last three years. Their only loss was 17 14 to USC and Caleb Williams last year. Uh, DJU had a successful season with them. It's good to see um, Oregon State. They're they're in the mix for the Pac-12 title as well. It's right in front of them with Washington this week and Oregon next week. Yeah, I mean it, it ought to be really good. Um, the, this is where the Beavers can play spoiler, and they are tough at home. That was a really good stat by you. And I, I'm wondering how does their physical running game with Damian Martinez and, and DJU stack up against Washington, uh, Washington they're They're like, I feel like they're this year's team kind of like TCU last year where people want them to lose for some reason. You know, or if you, you want to see the, the big dogs in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff, but I've been impressed. Um, they, they find ways to win. They've got a fun offense to watch. They throw it around. They've responded since losing to Arizona state and they continue to find ways to win. Um, very intrigued by this game. Probably the game I'm going to spend the most time on Saturday evening because of it. And uh, interested to see with Oregon State. So if I saw this correctly, Oregon State and Washington State now run the Pac-12 because of that lawsuit from a judge, speaking of other things that are in courts with college football. And, you know, they they really have the chance to, you know, throw up one bird this week and another bird this week to Oregon on the way out. And uh if they do that, I think they'll be in the Pac-12 championship, right? Correct. I remember talking to Pat Forty at the Notre Dame game, and they he picked Oregon State to win the Pac-12. I believe they lost to Washington State that day, and it was kind of a flub game for them. But um, he was, yeah, I was like, that's a good pick, and and it could still happen. So, boy, what a story that would be if they can pull it off. That's their two losses: Washington State and Arizona State. Like those uh, are the two worst teams in the Pac-12, basically, right? And they beat Utah at home, so I mean, like they've had mm-hmm. a weird football year. Yeah, they definitely lost to Washington State that day, thirty-eight. Arizona, they, they didn't lose Arizona. to Arizona State. They lost to Arizona, which is a little more forgivable on the road. Both road losses. So you know, they beat yeah. Colorado. They crushed Stanford last week, and and now they have this tremendous opportunity to win their home finale and then go on the road in the civil war and, and take care of Oregon. What a, what a two week stretch for that program and Jonathan Smith. I want to check the latest line on that just because I'm intrigued that a team with a 17 game winning streak could be an underdog, which is kind of crazy. Yes. It's up to two and a half for Oregon state. Yeah, Washington, mean, yeah. Washington's a two and a half point dog on the road. Uh, that's that's we'll great. have to talk about that one very shortly. <laughs> All right. Uh, eight o'clock on Fox. Another important game for a, a team with playoff aspirations going on the road. It's going to be a hyped up crowd. Number seven, Texas at Iowa State. Texas, seven and a half point favorite. Uh, here's my little note on this game. Should Iowa State pull off the upset and the rest of the Big 12 goes chalk this weekend? We will have a five-way tie for first place in the Big 12 heading into the final weekend of the season. 
Uh, Iowa State has won three of the last four in Ames in this series. Iowa State has lost uh, to the two ranked teams on its schedule so far in Oklahoma and Kansas. Texas obviously is ranked, so not a good trend there for them. These are the top two defenses in the Big 12. Iowa State's number one. Texas is two. But on the other side of the ball, Texas has the third best offense. Iowa State has the 13th best offense. So I think the only reason the spread is not higher is that Texas has just not been able to close out games, and they've been very, very vulnerable to the backdoor cover uh, the last month or so. Yeah, and losing Brooks is huge. I mean, it's a huge injury because he's been able to study them on the ground game. So going to Ames, weird things happen in Ames. We all know that. Um, so this is a dangerous spot uh, for Texas. And I, and I think they all are going to be dangerous spots for Texas the next three weeks. It's going to, we'll see. I'll probably repeat the same thing next week when they play Texas tech because the red Raiders, and we all know about Brett Yormack's comments in the preseason about that game. And then who's it going to be from that mess you uh, described that plays Texas in the Big 12 championship game. It's probably Oklahoma is as good a guess as anybody right now. So can they go beat the Sooners and correct that mistake? I remember Oklahoma had to do that to get in the playoff one year with Kyler Murray. So, it, it, you know, they're the one, and Alabama fans are obviously watching with their Iowa State year on this weekend uh, because – the second Texas loses, that just opens a big door for Jalen Milrow and company. I think it's going to be close, but I still have a feeling uh, Texas finds a way. But uh, Iowa State's playing pretty good ball at home. So, yeah, we've talked about Texas, Washington, Michigan, Georgia, all in the playoff mix, all going on the road this weekend. Will they go 4-0? They're supposed to. Well, actually, Washington's a dog, so maybe not. I don't know. We might get one loss there. We'll see. But I, I think – that would be the one that that or Texas. I think Michigan and Georgia are pretty safe. You never know, but you know that's that's why, like you said, it's that don't blink game. Who, which team's most prepared to go out on the road and win? And uh, all four of those games should be a lot of fun. All right, we'll go to our confidence contest now. Update: It's not positive on my end. I went one and four last week. I got one point. That was betting against Vanderbilt, which you know I didn't really want to do. But if I didn't do that, I probably would have got zero points. You went two and three. I went one and four. You got eight points. I got one. The key to this whole contest is the five-pointer, Bill. I've figured that out. You need the five-pointer each week. For sure. Season tally, Bender 79, Trochi 75. You've taken the lead for the first time all season. Now you are the hunted. Reminder, we pick five games a week, any five we want against the spread. We order them in bowl, bowl confidence pool style, five points for the most uh, confidence, four, three, two, one. So, Bill, what's your five-pointer for week 12? Let's kick it off. I'll start recording as the official All-America podcast secretary. Okay, let me double-check the line, but I'll go Michigan. Is it 19 or 19 and a half? 19 and a half is what I saw. But it, uh, Did it lower? Um, and we're going off Caesar's odds, correct? I've been doing okay. bet MGM. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go Michigan, nineteen or nineteen and a half. And give me, let me look what it is because I'm right here. Um, nineteen bet yep. MGM, nineteen and a half. I'll take it. That's fine. I'll take Michigan, nineteen and a half. I think they come out focused. I think you know Maryland got blown out by Penn State a couple weeks ago. I think the Wolverines flex on the road and 
the drama starts to build for them at four o'clock. I, be, I believe Ohio State's in the next window, but uh, you know, it'll start about eight o'clock on Saturday night. It's already <laughs> started around here. Yeah, I'm sure it has. All right, my five pointer. I'm going with Georgia. I'm going with another big name, big dog, uh, minus ten and a half at Tennessee. I feel like they are focused and ready to go. And like you said, if they don't turn the ball over, I would be really surprised that Tennessee can stay within 10 points of these guys right now. They dominated them last year when Tennessee was number one in the country. And now Georgia is number one in the country uh, going on the road. But I I think they're going to, I think they're going to dominate. And uh, like I said, Tennessee's defensive performance last week was not encouraging. So I'll go. What is your four pointer? Iowa minus three and a half defense. What's the over under 30 and a half. Um, Illinois is coming to Iowa. It's senior day. Illinois is decent too, but I, you know, Iowa keeps churning out these wins and, and Illinois is still a five and five team. Uh, I like the Hawkeyes to keep going. It's probably going to be like 14 to 10. That's what I'm you saying. Know? Are you, are you scared to no, take, take no. Iowa's, Iowa's point total? And then you have to subtract three and a half points from it. I mean, they have enough trouble getting it across midfield. You're, you're taking points away from Iowa. No, I think Illinois just, you know, after watching what Iowa did to Rutgers, 22 to nothing, this is an elite defense. And I think all they have to do is get to 14. If they get to 14, I think they cover. So uh, I'll take the Hawkeyes in the three and a half. All right. I'm going with Louisville, minus one. I think that's kind of a low spread. I think Miami, uh, you know, Van Dyke's been struggling. Uh, you know, Miami's disappointing six and four. It's a noon game in Miami when the team's kind of out of it. I don't expect a big home field advantage there. And Louisville's got everything to play for right now. So I think even though they've struggled on the road a little bit this year, I think they cover against Miami. I think they win the game. Uh, I You already took one. My three was Georgia. 10. I'll take the 10, just like you. Um, I had that right here. Uh, Bulldogs keep rolling. Offense keeps rolling. They they just have a way when they're better than Tennessee. And I think the difference is Hendon Hooker. Joe Milton's not Hendon Hooker. The running game, they, Tennessee just after last week, if you saw what Mizzou did to them, there's no reason why Georgia can't do the same thing. I know emotions will be high early. Tennessee hangs around. Maybe they cover in the first half, but I'll take Georgia in the 10. Yep, I will take, for my three-pointer, it's going to be Washington plus two and a half. We're, we're, we're giving two and a half points to a team on a 17 and a half game winning or 17 game winning streak and potentially the Heisman Trophy quarterback. I know Oregon State has better defense. I know they're very tough at home. I think it's going to be close, but I will take the points and I think Penix pulls it out again in the fourth quarter. It's a good pick. Uh where are we at? Two. I'll take Utah on a pick them. I said I thought they'd win. That's a dangerous one. I get it. Um, yeah, Arizona's been hot. I just think Utah, they're one of those teams that adversity, they, they tend to play better. Um, they'll come out. And they haven't lost to, like, a bad team this year. You know, it's not like their losses are bad. They've lost to Oregon, Oregon State, and, and Washington. And with the exception of Oregon, those games have been pretty close. So I'll stick with Utah. Pick them, or is it? It's like one point or a pick them, whatever it is. I'll take the Utes. Okay, let me uh, let me look at that right here. 
Utah is giving no getting one plus yeah, one. I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm, if they're a dog, I'll take it plus one. All right, my two pointer this week is going to be. This is the third week in a row I've picked against Clemson. I've been wrong the first two weeks. Let's see if I'm right the third week or see if they continue to cover here. North Carolina is getting seven at Clemson. So UNC has scored 40 points seven times this year. Uh, So if you're giving me Drake May and seven points, I'm going to take my chances. Clemson, obviously, has looked good the last two weeks uh, against Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. But seven points is a lot for that UNC offense. So I think even if Clemson wins a close one, North Carolina covers. Give me the seven. Okay. And then my one, uh, I'm going to take Iowa State plus seven and a half at home. Mm-hmm. I was going to take Kansas, but I don't like the quarterback situation. I think they're going to cover too. So it was just a coin flip between the Jayhawks and the Cyclones. I think Texas has another one score game. I think the Cyclones hang around. Um, and Matt Campbell, they, he's had good track record against Texas. So I like the Cyclones to hang around. I'll take them in the as the underdog. Fun day in the Big 12, for sure. Uh, my one point of Virginia, plus four against Duke at home. I'm staying in the ACC. Virginia, they've had a solid second half of the year. They almost won at Louisville last Thursday. They're two and eight, but uh, four of their eight losses have been by three points or less. So they're getting four here. Duke, I think, is a little demoralized after that UNC loss. They were in position to win. They're two and four in the last six games. One of those was a 24-21 win over last place Wake Forest. That one was only by three. So they've only won by more than three one time in the last six weeks. Riley Leonard, obviously still out. So I'm going to go with the home dog here in Virginia. That's it. To review, you've got Michigan minus 19.5, Iowa minus 3.5, Georgia minus 10.5, Utah plus 1, and Iowa State at home going plus 7.5. I'm going with my five-pointer. is going to be Georgia minus 10.5, Louisville minus 1 at Miami, Washington getting 2.5 at Oregon State, North Carolina getting seven at Clemson and Virginia, Virginia getting four at Duke. So that is where we stand with that. Let's do the Trochi trivia and then we are out for the week and we can prepare for uh, all the big games on Saturday. Mr. Bender, who leads the nation in receiving touchdowns? I think it's Thomas at LSU. I think you are correct. I well think done. I I voted on my Belitnikoff semifinalist yesterday, so it's a little bit of a cheat, but uh, <laughs> he was definitely in my top 10. And LSU, on my ballot, I, and our ballot will be put out there anyway, I got uh, both LSU receivers in the top 10. So that's pretty wild that they have neighbors in Thomas. So what's his first name again? Brian? Brian Thomas Jr. I don't, yep. I don't want to call him Chad, but uh, Brian Thomas, yeah. So uh, He has 13. Marvin Harrison has 12. Uh, but Thomas has 13, and I was reading uh, Dane, is it Boogler, Brugler, mm-hmm. the, uh, the athletics NFL draft guy, and he's he's as high on Thomas as, as anybody on the LSU. He loves Jaden Daniels, and he loves Brian Thomas even more than Malik Neighbors, I think. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, broke down some film on him, and uh, he's going to he's gonna be in some All-America candidate uh, discussions that we will have 
shortly here at Sporting News for sure, too. So, all right. Well, that will do it. I want to thank everyone for listening today to the CFB Nation All-America podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. We will be back after week 12 with three more shows next week. So enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.